While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. In 1836, the town was called Terminus, simply because it was meant to be the terminus of the Western and Atlantic Railroad. After the plan was made and the town was founded, it would be a few years before the rails actually came through. Terminus was a settlement of railroad workers in 1843 when Governor Crawford signed a bill establishing a town government and renaming the area Marthasville after ex-Governor Lumpkin's daughter. Streets were built while shops and factories moved into the area. When the railroad did eventually come through, the property nearby would grow in value. One early settler, Jonathan Norcross, operated a sawmill for about a year before opening a general store. As 1845 dawned and the first trains began to reach Marthasville, the town boasted a school, a doctor, a few lawyers, and a coffin factory. The city's future was bright, and a new, less provincial name was needed. An official of the Georgia Railroad suggested Atlanta as the feminine version of Atlantic, and that name was confirmed by the legislature. The new town became the center of shipping among farmers and merchants, and by 1847, over 2,500 people called Atlanta home. It's at this time the Atlanta Union Sabbath School was founded by Alexander Lucky, whom we've mentioned in the Jane Anderson episode. So Atlanta was, of course, a city founded on the ideals of opening commerce and civilization, permitting people to travel to the area and build schools, churches, and other bastions of culture and learning. Churches from just about every denomination, private academies, and up to four newspapers served the upright, moral, hard-working people of the new city of Atlanta. Oh, and taverns. There were lots of taverns. And a designated row of buildings for prostitutes. Maybe those frontier railroad workers didn't turn into upright citizens overnight. Moses Formwalt built his saloon in 1847. Most accounts agree that he had come to the area from Tennessee and had lived near Atlanta for a time selling tin and copperware. After the city's incorporation, Formwalt announced his candidacy for mayor of the new city. In his saloon and tinker shop, where he reputedly sold copper stills, he organized his race against Jonathan Norcross. Their positions weren't hard to figure out. Formwalt boasted his allegiance to a political party called the Free and Rowdy Party, while Norcross stood for the Moral Party. As you may guess, one of the major points of contention between them was alcohol. Norcross handed out apples and candy while soliciting votes. Formwalt's supporters stood drinks in the local taverns. Fights often broke out in the run-up to Election Day, and when the votes were cast, all 215 of them, Formwalt was Atlanta's first mayor. He had a one-year term, as did the next two free and rowdy mayors. After his term ended, Formwalt continued running his businesses and became a deputy sheriff in DeKalb County. 
Not long after taking the job, a prisoner he was transporting pulled a knife and stabbed Formwalt to death. Norcross would win on his fourth try for mayor, but he would constantly face trouble from the free and rowdies. The stories I have here are from an article in Atlanta Magazine from 2014, and it doesn't cite any sources, but according to that article, hooliganism ran rampant through the city after Norcross's election. The new mayor presided over police court, that's a court that mostly deals with minor offenses, and sentenced many of the mischief makers to Atlanta's new jail. Until that jail was built, prisoners had been held in a log stockade type structure that could be dug under or whose walls would give way if they were hit hard enough. One defendant on trial for drunkenness and mischief making supposedly brandished a knife in court and ran out in the confusion. At one point, the town's cannon, a memorial of the War of 1812, was stolen and fired at Norcross's store. The new mayor responded by sending deputies to free and rowdy party neighborhoods, chasing people out and possibly setting fires. Ringleaders were brought to court and slowly the forces of law and order began to gain a foothold as the rowdier elements moved outside of the city limits. When Moses Formwalt died, his body was buried in Oakland Cemetery on property belonging to the Bell family. Eventually, the Bell family began to fill the space and the idea that Formwalt should be moved to a more suitable place took hold. In 1916, Moses Formwalt, the first mayor of Atlanta, was placed under a granite monument that still stands today. Everybody's finger, honey's finger, high and low. The yellow man left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe. From an a deputy gal to Georgia, that's all.